We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I haven't even had any coffee today. Do you realize that? I didn't have coffee at the hotel this morning. That may be the first time in all the years I've known you that you did not have to have coffee before we went out and did anything. I get angry. We have to have have coffee. And the guys get... You roll your eyeballs at me. I do. And you tolerate my my runs to the coffee shops, wherever those are, and you tolerate those. And then once I have coffee, I'm usually great. But today has been the last day. Obviously, there's some room tone because we are traveling. And we're at Speed Vegas wrapping Mm -hmm. up an episode for Season 5 TV, which is pretty awesome. Yes, uh, you can do uh, sports cars here. Oh, there's one that just went by. You probably heard that. You can do exotic (laughs) cars here. You can also do trophy trucks. We did all of the above. We're very excited. We've We've been actually talking about doing a Speed Vegas piece for a while. Yeah, and we have. It's finally worked out, which is great. We have a friend named Chris that works here that's a big follower of the podcast. Yes, He's hey, been Chris. great, as have everybody here at Speed Vegas. We look forward to sharing that episode with you. That'll be early July, season five. But wait, hang on, hang on, wait. I just had a thought. Oh, yes. Season four, it's a thing. It's, it's a on thing. Amazon Prime. It's official. You can, go, you can go right now to Amazon Prime and find season four is available there. So seasons one through four are all available on Amazon Prime. And when you hear this, just so you know, if you're listening early Friday morning it's, and you're not in the U.S. or the U.K. and you need it off of Vimeo, take heart. It will be up within 24 hours of when you hear this. Yes, So right. by early right. Saturday morning exactly. at the latest. Hopefully it's up earlier than that, but it is processing as we speak. So Amazon Prime was the one that kind of takes the longest of the two. We now have to hit the publish button on Vimeo to make that yeah, happen. Yeah, got to do that. So that does mean that sure. by Saturday morning, which, while we're converging everything at once, is our last week on Motor Trend Channel for season four officially. That is a rerun of the Caymans episode. I think that was a 9-11 going by. Yeah, uh, I think Chris is actually in the car. He's going by as we're yeah. podcasting. Pretty so, funny. Uh, so that, that episode is our last. That's our 13th week on cable for season four. That is a rerun of the Caymans episode. So that is now out. And it's on, on the web as well if you'd like it that way. So if you haven't seen season four, I'm incredibly excited for you to see season yeah, four. I'm we want to hear thrilled. your thoughts. Please give us a rating on Amazon. Keep in mind that is a rating that you have to give to season four specifically. We also welcome it on IMDb. I'm still in this adrenaline high. I just got out of a trophy truck. And we have clarified the trophy trucks are very different that run the Baja in the, in the pro races. They're very different. But that's what they call them here. And I'm mm-hmm. still running on adrenaline. The adrenaline has now replaced caffeine. You realize this. <laughs> hey, that's, I have to keep this going somehow. I that's, have to have, a, that's, a proper, <laughs> that's a proper car enthusiast day right there. Wake that's up in the is. morning yes. and we have to go do something before we go do something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to get the blood flowing. Okay. And yes, as Todd was saying, we couldn't have finished this TV season without our sponsors, Covercraft and Griot's Garage. Covercraft is our title sponsor, and they have been very generous. For Griot's Garage, we feel like you know part of the family as well. And, mm-hmm. and one of the episodes was shot there. We pulled two cars from Griot's Motors, shared them with you. And I'm just as excited as well. You've got yeah. to see yeah, season yeah. four. We're really thrilled. And we're deep in uh, season five shooting and yeah. headspace and planning episodes and, you know, a lot of different things. So thanks to both those companies. You can use the code every day for 10% off all of your merchandise when you order mm-hmm. from those guys. And uh, that helps them track orders. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And they'll be with us for more seasons as a result of you guys, let's be honest. So that, that all, it's all symbiotic. We appreciate it. All right. Well, we've got a couple of cool debates, loads of questions. Yes, this is cool. Lots of questions. We we had the opportunity to stop by Shelby American while we've been in Las Vegas. Yeah. 
at Speed Vegas and uh, got the tour, got the behind the scenes here and saw wide body GT350Rs, mm-hmm. which is pretty brilliant. And by the way, Shelby American is actually making their own tires in a 345 section at the rear. They're freaking enormous. What, what happens after you try tuning every other possible thing on the car? You go, you know what I need? I need special Let's tires. make our own tires. So they have their own tires, which are cool. kind of brilliant. And I will say, as the non-Ford enthusiast, as the non-Mustang fan, I walked around there with my jaw on the floor. Yeah. They're and, and the wide-body GT350s are really impressive. So we got more photos and sharing of that coming up as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of shooting the last couple of days. That was a GT3 that just went by. <laughs> a lot of shooting. We're... we're Really dusty. We've been in the desert, but we've been doing all these all these different things, and it's just been pretty awesome to get out here. Very different driving stuff for you and I. Yeah, for sure. We've for done sure. a lot of driving. We've done a lot of track driving, but this, I think, has kind of stretched us to new things. And you, that feeling you get when you're doing something new and you feel like, I've got this. Not, not I'm going to be suddenly a pro, but... I think I'm going to take to this sure, and like sure, it. Sure, 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 yeah. That's kind that. of the feeling I've come away with from every activity we've done so far. Yeah, yeah, I see that. So our two car debates coming up, we have, uh, let's see, we've got John writing to us. He's losing sleep. We've got to solve that problem, losing yeah, sleep about do. wagons, which has not happened often. Most people that are not car enthusiasts would be falling asleep because of discussion of wagons. He's losing sleep over it. We also have Matt writing to us, and he's looking for a car for Pebble Beach. <laughs> the the rich very guys odd. look for cars for Pebble Beach. The, what could I be seen in? He, he's doing this at a $40,000 level, yeah. but that's very healthy still. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's looking for something to drive out to the event in August, which is a pretty amazing. But And, and to clarify, you know, it's going to be, he's going to add a car for his stable. He, true. That, it's, that's the it's start of its life the with event. him. It's not just, so, yeah, I'm going to you know, wear this car for one day for one event, and then we're good. <laughs> I'm selling it. So that'll case. be cool to talk about, Matt. But let's just dive in with this, this car debate for John here. All right. Well, he's... Uh, as Todd said, he's losing sleep because he's struggling with this thing in his life, and that is, well, he's got two dogs, a baby on the way, he bikes a lot, and he's currently wearing the Cross Tour as a backpack. I mean driving around <laughs> yes. in the Cross Tour. Yes. He says, it's been a great car with the back seats down. There's plenty of space for the dogs. He can haul his bike inside the car, yeah. stuff from Ikea, Lowe's. He can do all kinds of you know, home improvement runs, all that stuff. But he said, it's boring to drive. It, it works for everything it's supposed to do. It does. Okay? It's a great it usable family wagon, but it doesn't have an enthusiast bone in its body because, of course, it doesn't because it's a Honda Cross Tour. So, well, so the yeah. question is, what can I do for thirty grand and get into a, a wagon, an almost wagon? He even brings up the 3 Series GT, which you and I are not <laughs> big fans of. But, but what you're open to is these kind of oddball shapes. And your favorite, thinking of oddball shapes, is an Audi A7, which we actually think is beautiful, and so do you. But in I general, do. he's do. drawn to these oddball wagon shapes. Yeah, he's got the budget at 40k. He could well, he could stretch there. It's at, currently at 30. He could stretch up to 40, get a 2016 A7 because he wants the upgrade. He wants the he the wants the face look lifted, upgraded yeah. A7. And he said, "I know this is superficial, but the head and tail lights," he said, "look so much better than the old ones." I get it. I mm-hmm, totally get mm-hmm. it. I mean. Harley Earl was the first to designate cars as a fashion item. And that's, theoretically, we could continue driving our cars forever. But we want the style, we want the look, which leads me into an entirely different discussion about (laughs) um, car sharing and and the future of Uber and Lyft. But uh, we'll leave it there for right now. He said the improved infotainment and the new engine in the 2016 car is better than the old. You're right, you're right, definitely. But he doesn't want the SUV. 
and he sang the 435i, the Grand Coupe is too small for a bike inside the car. Mm -hmm. That's why he's looking over here at the 335i GT, which I, I see people, I see people using them. I think, okay, you, does, is that BMW builds the backpack, the, the cross tour? To some degree, yeah, it is. It's, it's their competitor in this A7 cross tour. It's a wagon, but here's the thing. It's a wagon, but it's not a shooting brake. And I know a shooting brake traditionally is a two-door long wagon. Yeah, the perfect but, car. But the ones we really yeah. like are they have the shooting brake look, but they're actually four doors that have the really sleek, the, the roof just trails off and then kind of clips. Those are awesome. That's not what these are. These are the kind of oddball shape. And the one that does it the best is the Audi A7 for sure. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I had some other thoughts here, though. He, he, he kind of wants to have something that's halfway yeah. decent, and then there's more fun. Did you see his last sentence? here no, before he signs off. Yeah. He said, well, you know, the, the dream car is an F-type sportback, but it's way out of his budget. Yeah. And his fun drive weekend car is a Morgan Plus 8 imported from Sweden. So we know we're dealing with an enthusiast, a For true sure. enthusiast. And you, you have like a Morgan. Corky, though. Yeah. You like, yeah. I, I'm also wondering about the biking equation. And mm -hmm. you mentioned storing the bike inside the car. Does it have to be locked up that way? Can it be on a rack on the outside of the car, Good on a roof rack, locked up, and you know, with a cable through it. Well, can that happen to mm -hmm. gain a smaller car? I'm, I'm asking. That's a great question. And I also wonder, while we're talking in that regard, what I also wonder about is, will a bike fit in the back of an A7? I mean, an A7 you is... You still might have to take the front wheel off. It's, and, well, I'm, you'll take the front wheel off you know, either way, but I, I don't know if, if that's big enough. Maybe you've checked it out, and, and you know that it is. John, but when I think bike. about it. <laughs> when I think about it, John, I think that that A7 is probably not big enough, so it kind of puts a lot of cars on the table. But I have I have three for him to consider. Mm, okay, I've got this laundry list, and I my brain wandered around, starting with why can't everybody have a Panamera Sport Turismo? Because this would solve John's problem. He can get the bike in the back, the dogs, Hopefully. the kid. Hopefully. It looks great. It's fast, fun to drive. They're not forty grand. They're not. This yes. is the problem. I started to back off towards Cayennes. I thought Panameras, threw that all out, toyed with a 3 Series wagon with a manual, which you could do instead mm -hmm, of that mm -hmm. GT, the 335i GT. But then I came to the Kia Stinger, which is probably a foregone conclusion. Everybody's, you know, smacking their dashboard. Yeah, saying, yes, but it's Kia on my Stinger. list too. Kia Stinger for sure, yeah. But I've got these other two that are rattling around in my head wondering. Okay. Because John is a Honda guy, he's okay. already a Honda person. True. The Civic Si or Type R is right in that price range, and they're technically hatches, and I bet you they'd have about-ish the same room. Somebody's going to prove me wrong with a dimensions test. You're, you're going to get letters. Yeah, you're going to get letters. I'm, I'm just wondering about the hatchy space in the back of a Civic Si or Type R. Something back there, very different. It keeps you in the Honda family. Yeah. Suddenly, you've got a fun-to-drive car. Agree with underdrive car. I think that's a bike outside the car equation, it, and though. that's why I asked. If I it's agree. a bike outside the car, then this gives us more options. Uh, and and I, I do wonder about that, John. Is there a problem with bike outside the car? And, and I'm talking. Look, I, I'm not a big fan just because I don't like the lifting part of it. I'm not a big fan of roof bike racks, but I love the hitch bike rack. They're mm, fantastic, mm -hmm. and you can put hitch on just about anything. And that does open up your options for sure. I'm going to move on to one more car that I want you to consider, and we've joked about this a ton. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we've joked about this a ton as far as um, WRXs are concerned. Uh-oh. However, the 2007-2014 third-generation hatchback WRX STI 
Yeah. It is a very fun car. Yeah. It fits this cycling kind of look, I, I feel like. I agree with that. And this could be really interesting. By the way, if you're hearing um, a roaring Roush Mustang in the background, that's um, a guy here named Tyler drifting. He's yes. teaching drifting. He, well, no, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even teach much. Most well, of he, what he, he does doesn't teach a whole lot, is ride-alongs. Yeah. This, this, is, this is the gravy train <laughs> I did not get on. Somehow Tyler, at the, at the, the terrible age of 21, yes, his yes. day job is take someone else's car and their tires and drift smoky burnouts around this track at Speed Vegas with people in the passenger seat, and then they put another one in the pass. All he gets to do is drive for fun. What's crazy, though, is the, the black line he leaves that usually we all think is the race line on yes. most tracks. Yes. You think, okay, well, that's where the rubber's laid down. That is actually his rear tires. That's uh-huh. the drift line, and when you come out of the north turn, turn 12, I think it is, Yeah. You don't want to follow that line because that's the drift line that Tyler's laid down with a ton of rubber. It's very funny because you, you <laughs> subconsciously, certainly if you've ever driven before, you want to follow that line. Uh, you want to follow the, the tire line and you don't. And so that's kind of funny. So back to John's discussion. Do you have another one? Because I want to dive in on a couple. Yeah, I want you to dive in. I was just, I'm toying with these ideas, wondering about his interest in all mm-hmm. of these cars mm-hmm. because the A7 would be cool. And I like your ideas, John. I'm just trying to back it off into something a tiny bit smaller. But, you know, then I see a lot of cyclists riding, riding, driving the Lexus 200H. That just seems to be the cyclist car because you can, I think, fit a whole bike in there without taking the front wheel off. It's just not fun. It's not really sporty. I I want that car to be a a more fun car. How big's your bike, John? Because I have an extra large bike that fits in nothing. It, well, that's yeah, an that's, outside the car it's, bike. It's a hitch. It's on top of the roof. <laughs> it's somewhere else. So I'm looking at the WRX STI. Okay. It's not often that we recommend these. Every so often, something comes along, and I'm wondering, can this work for everyone? Mm-hmm. All your mm-hmm. stuff, kid, dogs. Yeah. Just yeah. wondering. I'm, I'm asking. Interesting. Okay, I have a couple. First off, I, I, I like that you like the A7, John, but. I don't think of the A7 as a paragon of fun-to-drive dynamics. It's very nice. It's very nice. Yeah. It's nice to drive, yeah. but it's not a, wow, this is fun mm-hmm. car, I mm-hmm. don't think. In its class, it does very well, but like in a general fun dynamic, right. you've done much better with the, the Type R and the, and the STIs and those kind of things. Those are much more fun-to-drive cars. But this led me to one. You brought up the Kia Stinger, which is a great one. I mean, that's, that's Kia built an A7. If you want that, get the Kia. Go well, it's new it's, for your budget. Yes, rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. There's lots of options there. There's something fun going by. Yes. Uh, but how about a CTS wagon? I was wondering. Where is that? I was wondering. So, yeah. and, and I don't, look, I don't think your budget allows you to go CTS-V. But we actually, this week in Vegas, saw a... This week in Vegas, we saw a CTS non-V that looked great. You may find the Unicorn CTS-V, which you can, awesome. But the thing I like about this is rear-wheel drive chassis, which is going to instantly mean it's more fun. This generation CTS wagon was pre-Q system, which not only is, is, is kind of universally hated, but I also think aged <laughs> those cars too fast with the piano okay, black and okay. the buttons. So you're going back a generation in, yeah. in tech, but it's... It's, if you need to upgrade it, you can. But the other part of it is the fact that I think it's aging better as an interior. So CTS wagon, if you can get the V, get the V. I would choose the wagon over the A7, but they're still, it's still kind of in the category of the A7. It's, yes, it's rear-wheel drive. I'm just, I don't see that. I see that as a heavier car. So from yeah. a handling perspective, 
pulling a lot of backroads fun out of that car is going to be in the A7 category. Yes, but I but having driven both, and we both have, of course, having mm -hmm. driven both, I mm -hmm. would rather push and hustle the CTSV than the A7. Because it's okay. rear-wheel drive, I found okay. it more fun. Plus, if you go CTSV, if you can really do that, that big 6.2-liter engine, that's just powerful. If you can find a V right but, away, I, but that's even nice. If, but even I if just, you can't, it's, heavy, it's a big can. car. It's it is cool. a big car. It's cool. But I think I, I do think rear-wheel drive is going to speak to you, John. So that's why I'm, I'm staying there. And then my alternative to the A7, I have to say, I looked them up. You can mm. get a new one. You're a wagon guy. It doesn't top the list of fun cars to drive, but it's a great candidate. Brand new, the Buick Regal Tour X. I looked them up. Okay, I looked them up. Okay. The good version is roughly <laughs> 36 grand new. That's what it should be labeled on the website. Here's the good one. Here's all the other trim levels, and this no, is they start, the good They start one. at 29. The good one that you want is 36, but here's yeah. the interesting thing. Right now, GM is offering incentives that bring that car down below 30 grand. Incredible. I, so, what I, is it like in the fun to drive category? I don't, Neither you I or don't I have think, driven this car. I don't think you buy it for fun to drive, but I think new experience. I think it would be more interesting to drive than the Honda. It is a brand new car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think you at least have to go look and give it consideration, John. Sure. Uh, in, in, here's here's my kind of unpack of my own choices. I think the Buick is more utilitarian, more space, and a nicer, newer interior. And I think the Cadillac is the fun to drive one. So where are you on okay. that spectrum of which is more important to you? I think that's the key thing. Okay, okay. I can see that. I, I, yeah, I just think the Cadillac's going to be, it's going to feel heavy. It, it is, is. But, it, but in this group, it's going to feel like the sports car, too. Now, here's a question. Without, the, without it being a V, will it come with the magnetic ride? Can we get the the That's an straight up question. wagon? I, I have not done any research to look this up. To dig. Can we get the could. magnetic ride? Because if you can, for that budget, that does change the equation. Agreed. Agreed. I I still want smaller. I, I do. Yeah, but we're talking wagons. I mean, I, I it's, think it's he's going to get wagon, into, but that's a big car. I think he's going to be in a full size wagon. If we're trying to get bikes, probably, and, probably. bikes and, and dogs in the back, we're in big wagons. My mind's wandering over to Volvo, like the V60s or the S60s, sure. somewhere in there. Uh, probably wagon, but I, yeah, it, it kind of depends. I, I want you to have the newer ones, and they're not quite in your budget. I yeah. don't think uh, used ones are definitely, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also thinking, you know, something in the Polestar range. Well, you know, sure. With a bike on top, and you know, where's your yeah that that crazy Polestar blue V60 yeah, wagon? That's that be would killer. be interesting. That'd just, be killer. I agree. Okay, so John, here's some homework. If you can find a Polestar wagon for your budget, please drive it. Yeah, I'm, for sure. I'm intrigued. I agree by with this. that. And that is, I think, the flavor that you're looking for, and. It's also Swedish. Just saying. It ties your Morgan your, came from Sweden. You know, the Morgan yeah, okay. came from Sweden. I, I Morgan, see where not we're going. Swedish, it's not Swedish, but it came from Sweden. You know, I see I'm it. just yeah. trying to tie it back to you. <laughs> you know, you can, you've got a story there. Yeah. My car's from Sweden, so is this other. Well, it's from there. It's not actually <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my homework. Ah, what I else like do you have? No, those are, those are my choices. I think, I yeah. think something in there is worthwhile. I'm very curious, John, to hear how big you really need to go and which of these you've driven and how it strikes you, because I think there's good stuff there. Yeah. All right, John. Thank you so much for writing. If you've got your own debate, you can find us on the website, everydaydriver.com. Up in the top right corner, under the About tab, you can click Contact there. And many of you have. Thank you so much. Please write to us your debate. And it's okay if you're a month out, two months, three months. 
our cycle right now is, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of emails and we're asking for them. And, and continue yes. to, to bring your story. And, and we love hearing the stories about, uh, you know, kind of where you're coming from and where you're at. Budget, certainly, definitely uh, budget. And, uh, you know, something that you would use the car for. What's, what's the thing that dominates the your hobby, your life? We need life? the story. Yes, for sure. That's, We'd, I think, what makes things so interesting. We'd so, also yeah. like paragraphs at an email that doesn't come in volumes, mm-hmm. but we do read them all. So when we, you send we do. A, that email to everydaydrivertv at gmail, or again, through the website, we are seeing it, I promise you, even if it doesn't turn around right away. By the way, if, if you're writing in to us expecting us to cover your debate this next week, it's not going to happen that fast. Just right. so you know. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much. We'll take a break, and we're coming back. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start. Plus, I was on it an hour ago. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. They're the go-to, and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. That was proper. Yeah. We're back with Matt writing to us from Dallas, Texas with, I love this headline, a good car for Pebble Beach, which, which <laughs> I, I have to admit sounds like not, not belonging on this podcast real quick. But, but, let's, but let's unpack Matt's situation. Matt likes to go to Pebble Beach. We like to go. It's a very cool, yes, it, it's absolutely. car week. 
in Monterey. It's the third weekend of August generally every year. And if you would like to see monetary madness and everything you can imagine <laughs> as far as cars is concerned, yeah. this is the week for you. There are far more events than you can ever possibly attend. And they, they exist from people that, there are people that we know that have, done, that have gone, been there all week, done very cheap events and not spent much money. There are people we know that show up with the car trailer, with the one car they're showing and the six extra slots for the things that they're buying. <laughs> yes. This is the yes. range of stuff that goes on in one week. Matt loves to go. Many people love to go. What he typically likes to do, though, is to drive there from Dallas to Pebble Beach. Interesting. And in the past, he's taken just one of his cars. And now he's in the market for a different daily and thinking, why don't I get something that's worth showing up at Pebble Beach? And I'll kind of inaugurate this car by going to Pebble Beach, and then it'll be my daily, and yeah. he's got forty grand. This is pretty cool. You notice on his email here, he's got a 2014 CTSV wagon. Yes. As his, one of his choices, well, may, potential no, choices So maybe here. Matt sells that to John. Maybe we just solve some problems here. <laughs> Matt, sell your CTS wagon to John. We find you something else. And also, I say that because nice. his other car is a, uh, is a 2013 CTS all-wheel drive. You've covered Cadillac, my friend. Yes, no kidding. Well, he also has a 2017 Shelby GT350. Yes. That's a great garage, lovely, by the way. Lovely car. Yeah, he's got a lot of good stuff covered there. He's planning to drive the CTS. That's 2013 CTS 3.6 all-wheel drive. He's planning to drive this because he thinks the Shelby would be too uncomfortable for the long trip. Well, possibly, yes, it'd be uncomfortable, but you're going to want to do a track or a back road or something in the midst of your long drive. It's, you would think. It's going to be think, yeah. an itch you won't be able to scratch yeah. during the road trip. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I say don't take it. But he also thinks this could be the good opportunity to buy another fun car for the trip. Mm-hmm. Yay, another fun car. <laughs> I actually think I have the car, and I'm going to break down my choice for you. Good, I look forward to it. And if we could f- somehow, somebody sells their car on the podcast, that's, that's I, the holy grail. The I would only, love the if that happened. The only reason I'm concerned some about because you've also talked about you want people to just trade pink slips. You want that one. I want this one. And, and here's, I will say this to you as, <laughs> the, as the audience. It could be an episode. Part, part of me episode. thinks that would be amazing if that ever happened on the podcast. But another part of me, I have to be honest, is really worried about that happening because I'm really worried the day that somebody tells us they traded pink slips as a result of the podcast, I think Paul's going to be like, yeah, my work here is done. And the podcast <laughs> is over. I, I think that really is the end <laughs> of the podcast as goal. we know it. I think Paul's like, okay, we've accomplished what we set out to do. <laughs> anyway, um, but... The other thing that's interesting here, a couple things. He, he said he's been looking at a 2014-2015 CTSV with a manual transmission. The, the coupe, uh, actually, Matt, with a manual. Matt, can, let's move on. Let, let's move on he's from He's got the Cadillac thing covered, and, for and sure. Look, you have fantastic choices here. I love that you have a CTSV wagon. I like that you have that GT350. There's nothing wrong with your other CTS. I realize you're talking about a newer CTSV. I get that. But we've covered Cadillac. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, that would mean a third Cadillac. Two is... Great. Well, and it's a not, third as another fun card. He's going to get on. rid of one, but still, we're just sure. trading caddy for caddy. Let's, right, let's, let's right. go somewhere new. Right. Okay, I'm going to get to my perfect car here for you. But first, he says he's been considering M2s. He said mm-hmm. maybe out of the price range, but we've been hearing they're starting to drop 45 ish. So they're coming down while the 1M goes up. Okay, so we need to look on Auto Tempest and go find out. We do. You know, can we, do. we go find yes. one? M3 sedans, he says, with manual transmissions, Caymans, or a bigger BMW sedan. But here's why I chose my car for you that I did, Matt. Okay, good. Because of this sentence, you said, I don't mind going a little bit older for the right car. Okay. Since he's running out of parking space, being pristine is not a requirement. The 
unfortunate second part of that sentence doesn't apply to the car because if you get this car, I want you to keep it pristine. I want oh, you okay. to. It's it's it older, needs a garage space. but it needs a garage space, and okay. something else would be booted out to the driveway or the street or wherever you're keeping extra cars. I see, I see. Extra cars is that like extra money? Yeah, well, it, but it's more likely to happen. Honestly, on this podcast, you're more likely to have extra cars than extra money. Yes, there are other podcasts. Very true. Very that, very true. Listen to some okay. financial planning okay. podcasts where you have extra money because you kept your old car. That is not us. Just so you know, yeah. Here we go, Matt. I think you should buy. A 1991 to 1994 Mercedes-Benz 500E. Really? I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. Okay. This is... I'm secretly in love with these cars. They were actually built by Porsche. I knew you were going Mercedes built the body in white with fender flares that are very subtle, but to the enthusiast... It's a billboard to yeah. the performance of this car. Yeah. Then in the early 90s, 315 horsepower V8, they were all automatics, but these were your, your subtle bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, if you can find one for your price range, here's the reason. When you go to Monterey, or let's talk any car show. We could apply yeah. this to yeah, any yeah. car show. People want to see the usual suspects at the bottom end and the high end. They're looking for M2s and Caymans and sure, Porsches. Sure, sure, And at the really high end, they want to see the McLaren Senna, and they want to spot a Chiron, yeah, and they want yeah. to spot a, you know, name an exotic, crazy car that you've never seen in real life and you hope some rich guy brings to the show. Yeah, yeah. But then there's this entire middle ground that people appreciate that is the discerning, the enthusiast choices. I see it. I see where it. it's ooh, it's an older, super pristine 500e. You never see these. Okay. That's when people freak out. Okay. All right. And especially at auctions, when you mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I forgot about that car, and there's a perfect one, a, yeah. an RX7, a Toyota Supra. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, insert cool car here, an Acura NSX with. 500 miles on it, you know, something like that from the 90s. <laughs> now you know selling I mean? for way too much on Bring a Trailer. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. You know, we're seeing Buick GNXs like, oh, yeah, no, no I'd never no, pay no, that stop. kind yeah. of money. But I'm wondering about these. I've seen these pop up on Bring a Trailer, and there's a few, there's a few around. If you want to go real cheap, get yourself a 2001 to 2003 Audi S8. Yeah, go watch are, the movie Ronin and then go buy an S8. Now. Yeah, and you'll be fair, very fair, happy. Fair. You'll pay ten grand for one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, you might leave it by the side of the road and fly back home. But <laughs> that's good planning. <laughs> but here's the deal: if you roll heavy in a 500e, enthusiasts will freak out. And I'm wondering if somebody makes you an offer while you're at the show. Interesting. Interesting. I, look, because I, I everybody's s- in the mood, yeah, and you yeah. never see them. And I just think okay. they're brilliant. They're just they're built so well and it has that Porsche lineage. I see your thinking. I'm impressed by it because of the first thing I wanted to say here to Matt and I think you may contradict me just with your choice. But the big thing I was going to say to Matt is he, he's kind of hoping for a car, again it may be the replacement for his CTS as a daily driver, but he wants it to be worthy of Pebble Beach. And the thing I was going to say to you Matt is yeah, I, I, there's there's nothing that's going to be <laughs> None really of worthy. worthy of Pebble Beach. <laughs> the, the, the stuff that gets looked at, honestly, when you get to the parking lot of the events, sometimes those are better than most exotic car shows. You don't even just have to pay to go in lot. anymore. You just it's, yeah, you, that, and a lot of people lot, do that. They just walk around Done. with their camera in the parking lot and they'll c- cluster yeah. all the exotic cars together. I, I think I, I want to get you in a car that is worthy of this road trip and you can feel hmm. proud of rolling into Pebble Beach, hmm. but then know in the next breath that... 
you, your car may not be, may not turn anyone's head. Now, I see where you're going with the 500E. It may turn somebody's head, but I wanted to get your car that would turn a my good head. GT car. And, and, I th and I say if you're going to do this, come all the way to the West Coast and go up PCH. Okay. Let's get okay. you a good GT car that goes across. Look, West Texas, I've done it. Um, every car on the planet is abysmal in West Texas. It doesn't matter. All you want it to be is done. Okay. You just want to be, it's you, tumbleweeds and 18 wheelers, and it's August, so it's blazing hot. You mm. just want to be finished. So that, we're not going to judge it for that. We're going to judge it for you need to saw through miles and you need to go up Pacific Coast Highway to this situation. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering what's wrong with the Shelby for the long distance trip. Is it the seats? Is it the loudness? These are my two questions. I think the seats are probably okay. I, I wonder the seats if it's are just great. the loudness, just the raw nature sure, kind of just, always needs attention of that car. And which it's going to drone love. at that yeah. point. It's just going to buzz and so drone, and you're not going to get to drive it how it's intended. I think problem, which one of the cars you brought up, Matt, is you said maybe a Cayman. I think the Cayman is out for the same reason the Mustang is out. I hmm. love Caymans. Hmm. The problem is the engine's in the car with you. It's, it's behind your head. <laughs> and while yeah. I don't mind that, yeah. it is in the cabin with you. You can touch the engine cover while sitting there in the driver's seat. So, so I think that's going to be... <coughs> the, the heat builds up totally. quite a bit. And, but I also just think that the loudness of it, it's going to have a loud, buzzy feel that the, that the Mustang does in a while. I think that may be, not be the right choice. Right. Which led me to two things. Genuine GT cars that are going to look classy at Pebble Beach... But yet, you're not going to be a standout because we're talking 40 grand. Okay, okay. Corvette C7. Oh, okay. You like GM product. You've owned a series of, of CTS uh, caddies. Why are we not considering a, a VET? Why not? Why not get a C7 and drive it cross country? That is a fantastic. It'd be a great cross country car. Cross country road trip yeah. car. And when you're doing Pacific Coast Highway, you're going to be thrilled. Super GT. So do that. Be awesome. And, and actually, we just saw today in Vegas, we, call, we saw what, um, I hate to say this, but we saw what. Chance coined as the AARP spec of the of the vet. It was a bright <laughs> no. red with like, ouch, you're hurting me. So bright, polished chrome wheels yeah. and convertible and automatic. Yeah. My point here is maybe that's the car you want, Matt. But the vet is one of those cars that it's an enthusiast car and an, an enthusiast choice depending entirely on how you spec it. Because you can have different true, wheels true. and manual, and you can have certain paint colors, and now it's Good just, call. Yes. now that turns my head. So that, that's going to be a big choice. So I want the C7 for you, but the other one I thought of, and I think might be the even more discerning choice, it would be the great cross-country car, Jaguar F-Type Coupe. <laughs> Buy it, enjoy it, daily it. Get the V6. You're going to be happy with the V6. Get okay, the V6. I was going to say. Drive it cross country. He's trying to keep this under 40 grand. You can. I, I found them. You did. They're okay. Okay. But grand. V6, you're talking. Coupe. I'm talking V6. You don't need, okay. you don't need okay. the V8 in that car. I, I know that sounds weird, but you can get the supercharged six, and it's a fantastic. Yeah, car. it is. It is. It's front engine, which means it's going to be quiet on the on the highway. It's got real, just really good interior. It's a great place to be. Mm. Decent cabin space and mm. storage space. Jaguar F-Type. Come <laughs> on, that's cool. <laughs> well. Clearly, with any of our choices, they're going in the garage. They are not yeah. going to stay on the street yeah. or outside. Unless, of course, you have a Covercraft car cover. S but, sell sell the know. CTS. But, well, put the, one of the CTS outside, get the Covercraft car cover for that one. It, well, yes, yes, exactly. I, I'm, those are good choices. The, the F-Type could be sweet. If you could I get think. the V8, awesome. But, Roll in, but, but the, the V6 has got a little bit lighter front end. I think, it is, I think it's the better enthusiast car. It might not be the better like cross-country road miles car. Yeah. You might want the V8, but I think you'd be very It's happy. a better trade-off than the Shelby, than the GT350. Oh, I, oh hugely For so. Sure. Hugely so. I drive cross-country sure. in F-Type 
tomorrow. Who's giving me one? Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for writing in. We've got a ton of questions on mm -hmm. here. Thank you guys for piling up the questions. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great. Whenever we post, you're, you're, you're getting used to when we're posting. You can sense it coming. We post on Mondays and Thursdays for release on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so usually it's with a photo on Instagram, and I, I can sense that. So, But you've buried Facebook in questions too, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. It really is great. All right. So we're diving in. What do we think here? Monty Hill says, can we discuss the consequences of being caught speeding at an extremely high rate of speed. If you're doing, let's say, 30 miles an mm. hour over the speed limit or mm. more, he said, what happens? Are you instantly going to jail? Is your car impounded? Are you losing your license? Monty, there's two big factors here that we cannot get ahead of. One is different states vary. We were just hearing from two different people last week. Two different people were talking to us about how strict they are in the state of Virginia. They're like, you're, you're 10 miles over and you're in huge trouble, instantly car impounded madness mm -hmm, in the state of Virginia. Mm -hmm. California in the middle of nowhere, you might, not even, you might not even get pulled over. I mean, it just depends on where you're going. But the big thing in almost every state, after you get past whatever the state regulations are, is it's officer's discretion. It is. It is. It's how you treat them from the ver very get-go of and the encounter. To that point, how are you treating them? We've had questions on how to do a traffic stop properly, and we're going to have a local police officer from Park City that we know is going to be on the podcast. We're going to discuss this at length. I'm teasing it now. But this is an officer discretion thing, and I've known people that have had like crazy triple-digit tickets that it was, well, slow down, pay this fine. Mm -hmm, and I've known mm -hmm. people where... I won't be driving for six months. And it's how did it go down? Yeah, right. And right. it's officer's discretion. You could catch right. an officer who doesn't mind speeding, but you catch him on a bad day. There is a, and, and as we've said before, you've got to pay to play. So if you're speeding and you get caught, this is the consequence of this disease we all have. Yeah, right. All right, Jeremiah does things on Instagram. Has heard our talk about modding out of class, and he agrees for the most part, but he says if you've found a chassis that works for you, is there any reason why you wouldn't do the mods to make it a better car? No, there's not a good reason, but we want you to have newer experiences, yeah. and that's why we recommend. Think about this. You buy a $50,000 Cayman, mm -hmm. and you put fifty grand to it. You've modded out of class. Why aren't you buying a $100,000 insert your favorite sure. car here? Sure. Why aren't yeah. you doing that? For the new experience, yes, but then, again, at that level... We don't think you're going to get your money back out of that. You're not. If you're going to keep it forever because you love the chassis and you're going to, it's a track car and then it's going to turn into a lemons car and then it's yeah. going to turn into the first car for your 16-year-old at some point. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. There are reasons you might keep a car, keep but it. I don't think it's because you're trying to turn it into the car you wish it was. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a bad choice. And I also think that... Well, there's, there's so much going to happen with modding. I think doing a few little things is fine, but I find that, that modding tends to be a reverse equation. The, the, the simple things feel like they're worth the money. The huge things never feel like they are in general. The more mm -hmm, you start spending mm -hmm. and going crazy, it's like, why did I put this money into this car? Yeah, yeah, for sure. A uh, sequel agent said uh, he's considering uh, high-performance driver education day at his local test track. Awesome. He's asking about instructors because he's saying they just say that they are, their experience will be verified. That the instructors will be worth being instructors. Uh, is this okay? 
Hmm. Where do these instructors come from? Hmm. And we've known people that were HPDE, that's uh, high performance driving experience, that are, that are instructors for that. And we've known people that they've never been a race driver, but they're instructors for those days. Where do they come from? Generally, not always, generally, they are a known, fast, safe driver that comes to those, that group's events and runs in the highest class. Right. They may right. have three or four classes and they always run at that track. And so he's a local hot shoe. Now, sometimes you'll get an instructor that is a full-on racer and they've raced with these sometimes. But generally, because there are so many of these groups and so many of them happening, your instructor is an experienced local person who's done a lot of track days and knows their stuff but may not have a day of racing experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've mentioned this before. On uh, Instagram comes a question from EST Vicentius. Mm-hmm. And he's wondering about mechanics who are no longer excited about cars. Yeah. Have yeah. we ever met a mechanic who was actually excited about cars? He's sure these guys were enthusiasts when they started, but he swears his mechanic could hear an F-Type R rev be completely stone-faced. <laughs> well, it's, it begs the question of chefs. Chefs are cooking all day long, and yeah. what do they eat when they go home? Yeah, you know, true, true. What do they fix for themselves? Are they just ordering Domino's and we're good? Like, yeah. what, what's their standard? Yeah. It has to do with... The thing you got to find the thing that they're interested in. Is it muscle cars? Is mm-hmm. it you know they've got the project at home they're building and this is just my job and I'm changing the oil and yeah. it's meaningless to me. Well, I, I understand your point about you know a revving engine definitely, but you know. Well, but they <laughs> see the, you've got to find what is their thing. They see the worst common denominator of car ownership too. And so I think That's that true. makes them... That brings me to a great point. Keep your car clean because when you take a clean car to your mechanic inside and out, he now sees that you take care of your car and like yeah. your car and he'll do the yeah. same for you. Yeah, and, and you're, you're, you're providing him a dirty work area. So, you know, that's not, not the best either. Uh, let's see. Dad and Hammer on Instagram said he's in the thick. He, he, I get the sense. I, I sense your frustration. You're in the thick of shopping for a three-row SUV for your wife. You've decided it has to be three-row. <laughs> you've driven the CX-9. You've driven some of the other usual suspects. You're asking us about the Telluride. I don't want to go too far into it because we actually have a piece coming up on it, but I'm going to tell you right now, yes, it is a contender. Yes, you should drive it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we came, when we were actually driven back to the airport from the T- Kia Telluride event, we were driven in the uh, Cadillac Escalade. And I, and I was sitting in the second row, and I remember thinking that I liked the Telluride, which is half as expensive, second row, pretty much as much as the Escalade. I'm not Mm -hmm, saying mm -hmm. they're equivalent across the board, but in that regard, I was like, that's pretty impressive. So definitely give it a look. I think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Question from J.R. Schultz, Instagram, who tells us he's going to the UK with his family in September, and he plans on running a BMW 3 Series. Okay. How long does it take to get used to driving on the other side of the road? This this has to do with, you know, Australians that come here or... Brits that come here and us going there or Japan, mm-hmm. whatever that is, you've got to flop your brain and it's, it's going to take a little while. But here's the deal. We've driven on right-hand drive cars with the, still the same rules of the road in America. True. true so true. you're trying to flop your brain, but the same rules you know, apply here as far as the side of the road. Yeah. There you're flopping the side of the car and the entire road. Yeah, true. So theoretically, you should be able to pick up on it pretty quickly and you're, you're now flopping everything, but it's still going to take a moment. I, I would offer caution mm-hmm. in just jumping right in and saying, I got this. 
I agree. And I honestly think if you're just there for vacation, I think it's going to take you longer than the amount of time you're going to be there for vacation. And my caution to you would be every time you walk to the wrong side of the car to get in it to drive it, you're, you're not ready. <laughs> every single time. Once you start right. getting in the, right, the proper right. side of the car, then you might be close. Right, right. Tim Norman's got a question on Facebook. What do we do with the start-stop feature? Do we click it off and we test drive? Tim, we can't find it fast enough. Thank God this is one of those rare universal things that has the same exact icon in every single car, the A with the little arrow around it. We dig for that the, the first time. It's, we get in. We don't think it exists. You get to the first stoplight and the car kills itself. And you go, no. <laughs> yeah, no where's the button? Where's it? We in the driver and passenger seat are like, how fast can we find yeah. it? That, we hate that feature and we kill it. Yeah. Ooh, WC Dunn, Instagram, ask our thoughts on buying a dealer demo car. Oh, Found sure. a BRZ with just shy of 5,000 miles. The dealer says it was a Subaru of America demo vehicle. Okay. It's sold as a CPO with two years of extra warranty. Is he correct to assume these are probably hard miles? Would you go for it if the price was right? Mm. For a dealer demo, I, I'm kind of saying going for it. If the price is right, but yeah. yes, the answer is yes from me, because hard miles are press cars. They're extremely well maintained, yeah. but they've got hard miles. Hard miles are the cars where we're at. Speed Vegas. Totally, yeah. They're beat on by all different kinds of excellent to ham-fisted drivers. Yes. And they're running every day, constantly. I mean, engines are blown on track. It does happen. Dealer demo is a catch-all term, and it could literally be. Uh, somebody's uh, non-enthusiast spouse had the car and drove mm -hmm. it for six months. Or it True. could be it was a press car and got beat on constantly. The common denominator in both is they were very well-maintained. Yes, they right. They were extremely well-maintained. And you got that extra warranty. Again, I think the price is like, I got this for a steal low. Why not take the risk? Last one for me, Matthew Hickey says, how do you convince people that a higher seating position isn't better? I don't think you can. I think this I, is a I lost I like this cause. question, but I it's, it's I think it's a lost hard. cause. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I think it has to do with people's driving, the kind of driving they're doing. If you are driving and all you're driving is commuting and you're sitting bumper to bumper, that higher seating position lets you see literally other people's bumpers and your distance, and you want that. The minute you get into driving some sort of sports car on a back road where your eyes come up, then you can sit lower. Hmm. Because mm -hmm. your eyes are up there, down the road. You don't need to see, like, the front bumper of your car because it's six inches off the guy in front of you. You need to see three corners ahead, and now you can sit lower. I think it might be a lost cause in the world of your friends. I hate to say it. Michael Whitesell on Facebook. Why do enthusiasts always own one more car than the available space? <laughs> because we have a disease. <laughs> Isn't that a law of physics, I think? Isn't that some sort of, you know, written into the bylines of Murphy's Law? Somewhere in there. We yeah. have to own more cars than we have space for. Yeah. It's, it's true. I, we, we all suffer, and it continues. <laughs> I'm not here to solve that problem. No. No, I'm here no, to we're, encourage we're it. We're encouraging it. And, and the, the thing we always joke is if we had unlimited money and unlimited space, we'd never stop buying cars. We'd all be Jay Leno. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy. I've got one last thing I just thought of real quick. Uh, Terhe Gronus asked on Facebook, he was in a Lincoln MKZ, and there was a 
seat adjuster. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was yes. sitting in the back seat behind the front passenger, and there was a seat adjuster for the front seat. What on earth is that doing there for the back seat passenger to have a front seat adjuster? It is because nicer large sedans, and I'm kind of surprised the MKX actually had it, but nicer sedans and SUVs have that, so if you're being driven around in that car, you're sitting in the back seat typically behind the front passenger, and you can move the front passenger seat all the way up to give you airline-style legroom. Yeah, it's... it's First-class legroom. Buttons there by virtue of car-sharing habits or... Yeah, or, yeah. You know, chauffeuring, essentially. Chauffeuring yeah. habits. Yep. Very interesting. Well, guys, we are still at Speed Vegas, but because of the time of day, we are actually being forced to move on. We've got to catch flights, yep. and uh, we are back in the studio for the next podcast. So apologies on the short nature of the podcast, and thank you for, for your questions. Jim and Shalim, we see you on Facebook. Matthew, all these uh, great questions we want to get to, but uh, you know we're, we're leaning on our, our hosts here at Speed Vegas, and we want to respect their time, too. Yep. So we will call things here. We'll end it here. But like I said, please keep asking your questions, and please keep writing your car debates, because it's you guys that make the podcast a lot of fun, telling Completely. us your stories, and, and you're kind of feeling it. So season four really on Amazon. I'm just saying. I'm season so excited four it's is out. here. Season four is out. Yeah, for sure. So guys, again, thanks. We'll call it here and looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.